Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney and I just want to welcome you to the first episode of the new year on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Okay, if I'm being totally honest with you guys, the reason the intro was a little bit different, I didn't say welcome to episode whatever of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show, it's because I didn't check what episode we were on before recording, and I haven't recorded in like two and a half, three-ish weeks, and uh, the big reason for that is going to be explained to you guys in just a second. So uh, I just posted on Instagram a few hours ago asking if anyone had any questions because I needed to record and I always like to do Q and A's when I need to record. They're just, they're easier for me and I always get a, a ton of response, a ton of feedback on these for being such an easy episode uh, to record. People always ask with random stuff. Some of it's about uh, me personally and some of it is about uh, random things in jujitsu. Some of it has nothing to do with jujitsu. Uh, but I always enjoy doing these. They're a lot of fun. And so we're going to jump right in to doing the first episode of 2021. Uh, question one that I was asked, uh, this is actually by my friend Ezra Lennon, who's been on one of the earlier episodes of the show. He asked, did I have COVID? Uh, I've made a post on my uh, post asking for questions. I said, I'm finally feeling good enough to be able to record. And yes, I did have COVID. And I'm going to talk uh, maybe a little more into what the symptoms were like and stuff like that uh, a little bit later on in the episode. Uh, just know this, it was no fun for me. A lot of people talk about it like uh, a lot of people that, have, that I know that are my age they don't really have very bad symptoms or nearly as bad of symptoms as I did. Uh, but I'm all good now. I'm all better. I actually will be released from quarantine tomorrow. I'm going to take an extra two days before I go back to the gym and start teaching just because just trying to be safe with it. And also uh, you almost have to recover from being sick once you're not sick anymore. It's, it's kind of weird. The body just gets uh, beat up from it. Uh, but next question I had, um, it's actually one of my students, uh, my kid's coach, John asked a question and he says, what are things that people need to do to get through at each belt? Uh, that people need to get through at each belt. He didn't type it. Ne the, the incoherently, like I tried to read it there. I couldn't read my own handwriting. That's my bad. But uh, what are things that people need to do? They need to get through at each belt. What, what, what should you look for in each belt? I just uh, will tell you guys my opinion. This is what I think uh, each belt should represent. This is not how every coach looks at it. But I think you should have a criteria. I think most coaches don't have a criteria. It's kind of like when you know, you know. Uh, and that's cool and all, but you kind of have to you kind of have to, uh, you kind of have to have some type of criteria. It just makes it more fair for your students. It makes it so much easier. And I know the whole, oh, you shouldn't be chasing belts and things like that. We all want to get the black belt. You know, we all do jiu-jitsu to be good at jiu-jitsu. And one of the best ways to have that checked box to know that somebody is good is that they have a black belt. 
we should want to get to black, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the big thing to look at though, when it comes to each belt is this, I always like to say, uh, you know, the, I have, I have a criteria because it's important, you know, to, to not only help me just to be able to differentiate, help my students to be able to have something to attain. Uh, but it's also much easier just to know jujitsu if you know what you're looking for, you know, what the coach is looking for. Uh, and, and that's kind of where the attitude of gyms come from or whatever. But uh, the, the big thing is I'll just look at each belt individually. Uh, obviously, you don't have any, any criteria to get your white belt except for showing up for your first day of class. Uh, your, your next belt is your blue belt, right? This is where we lose a lot of people. Uh, I've given my opinion on this on the show before talking about how I think that the reason that we lose a lot of people is because the blue belt is pretty easy to attain uh, depending on where you're at. And then what happens is uh, you kind of set a goal to, I want to lose weight and you lose weight and you get your blue belt, right? But then you don't have any other goals. And so sometimes you just kind of end up in that position where you're like, hey, I, I don't have anything else to get out of this. And then you quit right? Uh, that's, you know, different for different people. But uh, for me, what uh, a blue belt is, what a blue belt should be, is somebody who is good at one thing. That is what is written down on my list of things that a blue belt needs to be. That is it. Good at one thing. Uh, and keep in mind, this is my general, uh, general belt promotion. So this is not, this is not uh, uh, for everybody. Usually, I would say this would be for the average person. Um, I am harder on my good competitors when it comes to belt promotions, obviously, because it's really hard to compete. And so uh, I think you should be a little harder on those guys. But for general purposes, this is what I look for. Number one, you have to be good at one thing. What is good? Good means that you can take one thing and do it to 50% of blue belts. Okay, so that as a white belt, you can do one thing. It doesn't even mean you have to be able to finish it. But let's say you are good at the guillotine. Okay, so you're good at the guillotine. You're really focused on it. I want you to be able to threaten 50% of blue belts with it. Okay, that is what, in my opinion, is good. The reason that you only have to be good at one thing to get a blue belt from me, okay, because this takes a year, two years to do. But the reason that you only have to be good at one thing to get a blue belt from me is because once you learn how to get good at one thing, you now have the knowledge to get good at other things. You know how to learn. And that is incredibly important. Okay. That is one of the most important parts uh, of jujitsu is, is knowing how to learn. Uh, then you're going to get your purple belt next. Purple belt. I need you good at two aspects of the game, okay? Meaning you can, with 50% of purple belts, hold your own in two aspects of the game. So maybe, you know, because people don't realize how many different aspects they are, there are in jujitsu. Maybe, um, maybe in side control, I can submit most purple belts. And then uh, my guard passing is good enough to pass most purple belts. So if I'm on top and I can get to side control, I can handle or, or even beat or submit 50% of purple belts. Okay. So that is usually my criteria. When I say 50% of purple belts, if you are a 
50 year old, uh, 150 pound man, then I mean 50% of 50 year old, 150 pound men. Okay. Don't mean in general. All right. Uh, so those are, that's our other one. Good at two aspects of the game, a brown belt. And this is going to be, I know you're gonna be like, Oh, you just have to be good at three things to be a brown belt under Josh. No, a brown belt. This is a really important one. A brown belt is preparation for black belt. I need you to be able to win without strength. Okay. Win without strength or athleticism. That is one of the most important things for me as a brown belt uh, or to, to see out of my brown belt. Can you go in? And it doesn't even have to be against other brown belts. You know, I, I had compared you to purple belts and to blue belts at the other belts. Uh, but when you start to get to brown and black belt, the levels uh, of, of different people, it, it's kind of insane. Um, I mean, I remember when I was a brown belt, most of the brown belts that I went with they weren't even close. They weren't even close to the same level. Uh, and that did not make them not brown belts. It's just brown and black belt. They really start to, uh, people really start to pull away. The really important thing is to be able to roll without strength and win without strength. Uh, what that means, because a lot of people don't know what that means. You see like different videos of guys, especially competing. This is like when I think you're really, really good when you can do this competing and it looks like they're just flowing, right? That looks like they're literally not using strength. And the reason is because they aren't. Once you start to get good at jujitsu, you have to use very little strength, very little explosiveness on most people And learning this um, at purple belt and starting to master it at brown belt, I think is one of the most important things to get really good at jujitsu. So just be able to roll without strength. So that is what I say with brown belts. And then a black belt has to be able to explain it all. So a black belt not only has to have these different aspects of the game that they're good at, and not only has to be able to roll without strength, but I really believe that a black belt should have to know what's going on. Even if they don't have any intention of being a teacher, just being aware of what you are doing with your body is incredibly important to get better. For instance, if I just think of guard passing, like I just passed the guard and I don't have some level of um, my hand goes here and my hand goes here and this is where I pass. If I don't have some level of that, it's harder to get better from there uh, because you're just doing everything by feel, right? But when I can break it down and say, well, my hand goes here and my hand goes here. What if I put my hand on the collar instead of the pant leg. I wonder if that would make a difference. That uh, being able to explain what's going on will help you exponentially. If you are a brown belt, even a purple belt, uh, make sure you know what you're doing. Um, not you know, uh, not you know what you're doing, meaning like, oh, you know that you're doing jujitsu, but you actually know what is happening. You know specifically what is happening. I think that's really important um, as a black belt. So that's my criteria for belts. Uh, I've only ever promoted one black belt. I have another one right, right uh, on the waiting list, I guess, but I'll never promote him. I've talked about that on the show. I hate him, but uh, let's go on to the next question. If you can only use one sub from one position, what would it be? I like this question because when you think about it, if you can only use um, 
one sub from one position. I think like, no, I didn't, I wouldn't want to choose something from close guard because uh, what if I just can't get to close guard? What if I'm on top? I didn't want to choose something from side control uh, because sometimes you go to side control and it's hard to um, like the guy bellies down, he gives up his, his back. Right. So you can't, you can't do, you can't choose side control. Right. But if I can only use one sub from one position, I would choose a rear naked choke from the back. Um, I've talked about this before. Um, I've talked about this teaching class. Uh, there is no more beautiful form, uh, more perfect form of jujitsu than the rear naked choke. Uh, because uh, it is it is a positional dominant move. Um, you know, you're on the back to be able to use it. You can use it gi, you can use it no gi, you can literally use it for any rule set. Uh, it works in MMA, it works in a street fight, it works everywhere. And, um, you know, I, I think the beauty of it is, uh, to some extent, if somebody was just put on the back they would have some idea of like, whether it was from watching pro wrestling years ago or something of trying to do a quote unquote sleeper hold. Um, but the rear naked choke, when you start to look at how to actually finish it and um, uh, how to put the true pressure from the position, that's when it becomes this perfect expression of jujitsu in my opinion. And so I would choose rear naked choke from the back. Next question. Are there stupid questions in BJJ? Yes, there really are stupid questions. I would consider any question that is incredibly broad to be a, maybe not stupid. I wouldn't say stupid. I would say not a good question. I wouldn't consider that a stupid question. If you're trying to, uh, but, but it's important to ask those questions. It's important to ask questions that um, are not good questions because you're learning to ask questions. And all jujitsu is, is a game of question and answer. I pose questions for you uh, in the form of position and you have to answer them before I move on to the next position. And so we see who has, uh, is better at not only asking questions, but answering questions and then asking questions. Jujitsu is just question and answer. So you have to get good at asking questions. The only way to get good at asking questions, think about it like this. The only way to get good at swimming is by drowning or being very close to drowning, right? You don't, no one gets, walks in and is just naturally good at swimming. You have to almost drown. Nobody is good at asking questions. No one just walks out and is just a great question asker um, out of the womb. You know, little kids, they ask stupid questions, but the kids that continue to ask questions are the ones that tend to ask the best questions eventually. So in jujitsu, we continue to ask questions. Um, and I think that's just, uh, that's a really important aspect. I would call those bad questions. Those I wouldn't call those stupid questions. Stupid questions I would consider when you go to a seminar and the coach shows something and then somebody raises their hand and then tries to like be a know-it-all and say, well, what if the guy does this? Or, well, uh, you could also do an arm bar from there too, couldn't you? Those are stupid questions. Anyone who does that, I hate. Okay, that's, and everybody sees through it. Everybody knows you're trying to be a know-it-all. Everybody knows you're just like, man, I hate that someone else is getting all the attention right now. Hey, everybody, don't forget about me. I have good questions. I know jujitsu. You know, just shut up. 
just shut up. You know what's funny? I actually won't get into that. Never mind. I won't tell you guys what's funny. But uh, next question. Um, I only have two questions left. This episode's going to be short, sweet, to the point. Um, I think I'll post this one on Instagram too. I usually don't post them on Instagram, but uh, it's the new year. Might as well. It's going to be short enough to post. Uh, what supplements do you take? Um, so I don't really take a ton of supplements. I just, not that I have anything against them. I am not somebody who's like, oh, you shouldn't take supplements. I don't have any reason to say that. Uh, the big thing is I notice for me that, um, you know, cause I will always, I've experimented with a ton of different things. Very seldom do I ever notice in taking it and then stopping um, really much of a difference. There have been a few supplements that I have noticed that I'll tell you guys about. Um, I'm not taking any right now because they are pretty expensive, but uh, pro-resolving mediators. I had my dad on the second episode with Steve McKinney. I don't even know what episode number it is, um, but it's on anywhere that I post the show. It might not be on YouTube, actually. It will probably only be on the audio version of the podcast, but we, we dig deep into what pro-resolving mediators are. Uh, I really do notice a difference with inflammation with those, but they are expensive. So I don't usually take them um, unless I'm getting ready for something. I know I'm going to be training hard and I need to make sure physically that I am staying as fit as possible, right? Uh, staying as uh, less inflamed as possible. Um, so that's one that I recommend to people, but I'm not taking right now. Uh, something that I do take is um, called, I think, I believe the company is called Biopharma, um, but they're called nanogreens and nanoprotein. And they're two, um, I actually mix them together, drink them once a day. Um, the nanogreens is a, I think it's made from some type of algae and um, it does not taste, I would consider it one of the best tasting green drinks that there is. Not that I think that it tastes great, but I just think it's one of the better tasting ones. And um, I started taking it in uh, maybe 2011. And uh, actually, for whatever reason, when I got married, I just hadn't been taking them. And so for like two and a half, three years, I just hadn't been taking nano greens and nano pros, not even thinking anything of it. Um, but then I went back to taking them when I was really run down from just training a lot uh, for the American nationals, started taking them in within like a 30 minutes of the first time I drank it, I noticed how much better I felt. And I was like, man, I can't believe I haven't been taking this for so long. Um, and they're very low calorie. There's no, uh, there's no artificial stuff in them. Uh, I really recommend those. Uh, eventually we should have, we'll actually have a store, an online store for you guys to be able to purchase those if you want to. Uh, it's just a, one of the few supplements that I really, really believe in. Uh, I also take um, magnesium, zinc, uh, vitamin D each night. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if it's better to take in the morning, better to take at night. Night is just when I remember to take them, um, take them every single night. Uh, magnesium and zinc are really important if you sweat a lot, which I would assume almost anybody who does shiatsu sweats a lot. Um, and then vitamin D is just incredibly important for your immune system. Uh, so those three things really are just immune support type things, but I would consider um, having a healthy immune system really an, an important aspect of jujitsu because you're able to stay training for longer. Uh, and then we'll get on to the last question. I know you're like, oh my gosh, last question. Why, why, why is this the last question already, Josh? Why didn't you do more questions? To be honest, uh, 
This is the most I've talked in two weeks. And uh, I'm a little exhausted just from doing this. But uh, the last question is, do I have any resolutions for this year? And obviously, I put this as the last question for a reason. Um, no, I well, actually, may I, I, I do. Um, usually, I don't do resolutions. I have one this year. Um, so during COVID, like I told you guys, when I had, when I got COVID, I had, uh, I really struggled with it. It really hit me hard. Um, the headaches, body aches, uh, fatigue was, uh, really, really rough. And it was like that for almost a week. And just in talking to a lot of people, they, a lot of people that are 26 didn't struggle the same way that I did. And I think that I might've been over the last three, four months of the year, maybe pushing it a little bit too hard. Uh, when I just look back on um, my energy levels, how much I was working, how much I've been doing, uh, I think I've just been doing too much. And uh, so I, I, the, the way that I, uh, there's this guy on YouTube, his channel, his name's Andrew Ray, but his channel's Binging with Babish, my favorite YouTube show uh, for sure. It's like one of the things that really got me into cooking. Um, he made this post and he said, you know, I, this year I'm going to treat myself a little nicer. And I think that that's something that I'm going to try to do this year as a resolution. Um, I usually don't do resolutions, um, but uh, that is something that I think is very accomplishable and something I really should do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still crazy. And I did still set some big goals that I'm excited about, but I'm just going to be more efficient. And, uh, uh, a, a lot more effective than I was to the towards the end of last year. Uh, in my opinion, I think I really just got inefficient. And when you get inefficient, just like in jujitsu, you get inefficient in jujitsu, it causes you to muscle. The more you muscle, the more tired you get. And then the more tired you are, the less efficient that you're then you're going to be right. And so that's what started to happen to me at the end of the year, having these last two and a half weeks off um, have kind of been a nice reset for me. Uh, but Let's pretend the goal, the question wasn't about any resolutions. Let's pretend the question was about goals for this year. I have one cool one that I'm going to share with you guys uh, because I'm really excited that it's starting to kind of come into fruition. Um, so the big thing is for our school, um, when we bought our building uh, at the very end, I guess maybe the very end of last year or the beginning of 2020, who knows? I don't remember when we actually closed on it. I think I want to say we closed on it right at the end of the year. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we got this building and um, part of the deal, you know, we purchased it. We didn't rent it. And part of the deal was um, we kind of had this little bonus building on the property. It's like 500 square feet. And we didn't have any use for it, thought about renting it, um, really People aren't dying to rent things right now. Commercial real estate rentals, people aren't just diving into right now, um, considering in a lot of places, including in Illinois, uh, it's not legal to run most businesses. Uh, but uh, we had this bonus building and I had always wanted to turn it into a recording studio for jujitsu content. And it just, um, you know, it was just kind of always my, I hope that we can do that. And this year the wheels are turning. And I think um, probably by the end of the month, maybe mid next month, definitely by my birthday, I always set some type of 
um, goal to get my birthday's February 23rd. I'll link my PayPal just in case you guys want to um, throw some cash at me. But uh, uh, I always try to set a goal to do by my birthday. Like last year, we our first day of having the gym operating was February 22nd was the day before my birthday. And um, so the goal this year is going to be to have our uh, recording studio for jujitsu techniques operational. And so if you guys have bought anything from simplifying jujitsu, you know, we record at my Jerseyville gym and it looks really good, but just having such a big space, it makes it hard to control lighting. It makes it hard to control outside noises and things like that. And we will hopefully, um, within a month, not have those problems anymore. And so we're really excited about that. I'm really pumped about being able to to do this and, and to, uh, it's really exciting to see how in five, six months, uh, simplifying jujitsu has grown so much to be able to do this. And, uh, I can honestly say, I'm so thankful for you guys that have purchased, uh, anything or even just shared anything that we've ever posted from simplifying jujitsu. You guys, uh, made such a big difference for us in 2020 and we will continue to put out some excellent content in 2021 as a way to say thank you uh so that is all i have for you guys today hope you guys have an excellent year and uh i hope that you guys continue to listen to the i socket jujitsu show and we can make 2021 uh just a really uh great year for this show and for jujitsu in general and um, hopefully once people start getting these vaccines uh, I can see you guys on the mat we can fight each other to the death that would be really fun something I would really enjoy let's get it have a happy new year guys everybody have a great day I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu <laughs>